Sometimes the wrong choices bring us to the right places. My name is Andrea and this is Adult Child. Welcome back to Adult Child, where we take a deep dive into the impact of growing up in a dysfunctional family. Ahoy, my dear, dear shit shows. For any new listeners, my name is Andrea. I am a total shit show, and we are trying something new here, folks. So right now, I am recording this on video as well. All right, y'all, I'm editing this shit. Yes, it sounds like I'm underwater. I sincerely apologize. I did what I could to make this sound as good as it could possibly be. I will do a better job next week, I promise you. And there are two reasons that I'm doing this. Number one, I need to get this shit on YouTube. I've had this as a goal for a year, that this podcast also needs to be video, that needs to be posted on YouTube. I realize that I'm missing a huge potential audience by not being on YouTube. YouTube is huge. So I've been procrastinating on that shit. So here's a little practice there. I don't think I'm going to post this on YouTube. I think I'm just going to post this part in the, in the community, in the shit show. But hopefully we're getting to YouTube soon. Second reason that I'm doing this. So I have shared with y'all many times how I tend to overthink the shit um, about this like b- beginning part and I will spend forever uh, re-recording it over and over and over and over again and it's so damn frustrating but I am an amazing public speaker like I love getting up in front of a crowd and talking I don't even need a script um, you know I'm, I'm on my game so I thought maybe this is somehow a workaround I mean I'm still talking to myself But if I'm doing this on video right now, it's like I can't stop and re-record. I guess I could. I could stop this right now, but then you'd see me stop it, and then, you know, the cat's out of the bag. Like, you don't realize when you listen to just the audio version that that I've re-recorded that part 20 million times. You don't know. It sounds like, you know, it sounds good. But uh, here on video, I can't get away with that. So um, I'm hoping that this is going to make my life much more efficient It's going to be a huge time saver. I'm not going to be overthinking the shit out of what comes out of my mouth. So let's see how this goes. I have some notes over to the side. I was going to print them out, but of course the printer was not working because it's either the mic's not working or um, something's always not working. So today it was the the printer. But um, yeah, I'm back, folks. I took a little much-needed break. I would say the last few weeks have been... Um, quite the doozy. I do want to give a Kiki update, Kiki, my cat. Now, uh, if you're not interested in hearing about my cat, you can fast forward a minute. I don't no hard feelings, <laughs> um, but she's doing really great. So I don't know if she has cancer. I'm not exactly sure what the problem is. It could potentially be most likely it's cancer, but it also could be that she has um, she had some sort of an infection or 
uh, heartworms. So she was, I got uh, antibiotics prescribed for her to treat the infection. She definitely has some sort of an infection. Um, so I got her antibiotics for that. And then I'm going to go and get her tested for heartworm. And then after that, I'm going to go back and get her blood work tested again. And if her white blood cell count hasn't gone down, well, then that most likely means that it is cancer and, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. Like that can be confirmed with an MRI, but there really is nothing I can do if it turns out that she has cancer. So um, I'll keep you all posted. I'm doing good. She's amazing. Like she's had more energy in the past few weeks uh, than she's had in quite a while. So I'm thinking that maybe she's had this infection for um, a good bit and I didn't know, which makes me feel like a total asshole. Uh, but so, yes, uh, we're still going, folks. Haven't stopped. Uh, so today we are diving deep into what us shit shows learned this year. So I did this last year as well. I posed the question in one of our shit show support groups. What did you learn this year? And that's what we're doing again today. But first, I'm going to start. Um, so I was re-listening to that episode from one year ago, and I was listening to what I said about uh, what what I learned that year. And when I was listening to myself, I was thinking, like, how little I knew at that time when I was recording that. Like, I think when I was recording that, I thought I was a lot more healed, <laughs> Like at that point in time, like I, I didn't realize that there was uh, so much more damn, oh, did I not stop? Okay. Um, so much more damn work and wounds that still needed to be addressed. Like no clue. Uh, but at that point in time, uh, I was starting to really look at and address my procrastination and my self-sabotage issues and my candy crush addiction. And I couldn't really understand, like, why am I not able to kind of, you know, get, get my shit together? Why am I procrastinating? Why can't I do the stuff for work that I want to do to build this podcast? And so, you know, I went into this year or last year, 2023, with the goals being um, figuring that shit out and really tackling those issues and becoming financially secure and independent and really growing, um, growing this business and this podcast and kicking ass. And so then it was a few months into the year that I had, how did it come about? I can't remember exactly, but it was like, oh, maybe this is ADHD. Like I'd never considered that I had ADHD because I was always a good test taker. And um, yeah, but I didn't know about certain symptoms of ADHD of which I was exhibiting those symptoms. So I went and got tested for it and I got diagnosed with um, mild ADHD and started medication and started working with a therapist specifically on these issues and executive functioning and all that shit, how to manage my day, how to be productive. And I was really optimistic that this was the, you know, like the nugget that I was missing and that by addressing this, like, you know, shit was about to, shit was about to get really good, ex explode. 
Um, I was going to become this productive and highly efficient, successful human being. Uh, but then it was about a month after that I got that diagnosis and I started working with that therapist that my life just started to blow the fuck up. And you can hear all about that in the episode that I did um, a few a few weeks ago, the emotional flashback episode where I shared how this has been truly the hardest year of my my adult child journey. And, you know, I, I had no idea at the beginning of 2023 what what lay ahead. And so I did not accomplish my goals. Like I did not, I'm not where I wanted to be at this point in time. I'm not financially independent. Uh, my podcast and my business does not look like the way that I was hoping that it would look like at this point in time. But what I've, I'm realizing, because I'm really trying not to beat myself up. And what I've realized is that there are some years or some periods of our life where it's about awareness. And then there are other times in our life, years, periods, whatever, where it is really about growth, I guess. And it can seem like in those years where it is about awareness, it can seem like we're not really making any progress or that we are regressing in certain ways. But the reality is, is that the, the awareness, the sitting in the pain of the awareness, that's all part of this healing process. And so I'm really just trying to remind myself of that. Um, so when I think about what I learned this year, um, I've shared this in a, in the emotional flashback episode. I'm not going to repeat myself a ton, but I'm going to a little bit. What I've realized is how much the work I've done up until this point has been conscious in the head and not so much in the body or in the subconscious. Uh, I've realized the importance of inner child work or inner loving family work. I'll be honest. I've shared this before too. How many fucking times am I going to say I've shared this before too? Um, the, the inner child stuff, like it really took me a while to come around to that. Uh, I honestly thought it sounded really hokey, corny, cheesy, but I've come to realize that it actually is absolutely crucial. That work is absolutely crucial, and perhaps it might even be the most important work that we ACAs need to do is this inner child work and learning to reparent ourselves. And so I've begun that process. I still have, you know, I've taken a step, a baby step into it. There's still so much more work to be done in that arena, but I've come to the realization of just how damn important that work is. So if you are in the same position as me where it seems corny and hokey and stupid and you can't connect, um, it's okay. You, you'll get there eventually. I, Barb Nangle, she shared that in an episode a couple, I don't know, a month or so ago about how she didn't really come to terms with this stuff until she had 
eight years in ACA. So uh, be patient, be gentle with yourself. We're, we're being led, we're being guided. And um, I think life leads us to the particular healing work that we're supposed to do, I think, in a, in a natural sort of way. So it's all about trusting the process. Um, the other thing that is, it's related to that. Um, oh, and also the somatic work, like how much of this is in my body? Like I still need to do so much more somatic work, which again, I don't think that I thought it was hokey or corny, but just, I just don't think I believed or felt like there was all this stuff in my body that needs to be um, you know, released or restored. Like I'm not somebody with, uh, like physical pain or a lot of people have this unresolved trauma manifest in physical symptoms. And I don't think that's been the case for me. And so I think because of that, I haven't necessarily seen the importance or need for the somatic healing and, I've realized this year that that is also so damn crucial. I guess those are probably the two most important things that we do. The two most important type of, you know, healing work that we need to do as ACA is probably, you know, the somatic work and then the inner child uh, reparenting work. Like that is our, our ticket and our goal. And this shit takes a really long ass time. I was reading in the Big Red Book they talk about the various stages of ACA recovery and there's the second stage. I can't remember what it is called, but essentially it's like, Hey folks, you're going to be in that stage for quite a while, (laughs) not forever. (laughs) Um, So yeah. And the other thing that I've really come to terms with is, and this is related to the somatic piece This is related to the inner child piece. It's all related. All of these suppressed emotions that need to be released, all of these emotions, anger and sadness, specifically towards my family, uh, I realize how I've been not consciously, but unconsciously spiritually bypassing all of that stuff and how you can't just go from oh, yeah, my parents are just a product of their upbringing as well. That's why what happened to me as a kid happened. Okay, all good. Like, no, you have to feel the anger and the sadness that you never got to feel. And that also is absolutely crucial for us in order for us to to heal. And... I'm also realizing and seeing how much um, the relationship with my parents in the present may also be hindering my my growth and my healing. So when I started this podcast, when I started this, I was only going to do, I was telling somebody this earlier, I was only going to do, I think, eight to ten episodes. Um, I'll tell this story in case anybody's interested. I haven't told this in a while. So... Before launching this, I had had all these, I'd spent, you know, several years when I realized that I was um, an adult child, part of that realization was that I had never really considered what a fulfilling career would look like. Uh, all I really cared about was like finding a guy and getting married and have kids. 
And I realized that I had all this potential, all these, you know, skills and gifts and talents within me that were not being utilized. So on top of embarking on this journey to heal from my childhood, I was also embarking on this journey to, um, to, to figure out why the hell I was put on this earth. Like, what is my secret sauce? My goal was to find, I think this is pretty good. I was re- trying to find the apex of my own personal fulfillment and my contribution to the world. I think that's pretty good, guys, don't you think? Like, that's what we should all be striving for. The apex of our personal fulfillment and the apex of, uh, and how we can um, most positively impact and contribute to the world around us. So I'm learning about myself and I'm learning about my gifts and uh, I, I start to see what really makes me special and it's my vulnerability and it's my, you know, authenticity and my ability to connect with people and my way, the way in which I'm able to convey information in a way in which people can uh, receive it and take it in. But over the course of, um, over the course of, those few years before launching the podcast, I had started all these various creative projects. Like I was going to do a blog thing. I was going to do this thing called like talk, talking to strangers because I loved going into Ubers and Lyfts and talking to my drivers. And I always have like the most interesting and fascinating conversations with them. So that was one idea that I was going to have. Like I was going to have a blog about all the conversations that I have with strangers. I even bought the domain name, uh, talks to strangers. I think I also took the social media handles uh, for that too. So I, I flubbed that. Uh, another thing that I was going to do was I started writing to prisoners on, there's like these, you know, pen pal, they're essentially like dating websites for people in prison, but it's kind of like a pen pal thing. So um, I was going on there and looking for you know, certain prisoner. I think I was only reaching out to people who were never going to get out. And, um, and this was rooted from this experience with Marvin, who was a prisoner that I, an ex prisoner, um, who I'd sat next to on a, on a bus. I won't tell you that story again, but I've at least told that story a couple times on the pod. Uh, so then I started reaching out to prisoners and asking them if they wanted to tell me about their childhood experiences, because, I'm pretty damn sure that anybody that's sitting in prison right now, uh, especially if they have like a life sentence, like their childhood was fucked up. I mean, there's a 200% chance that that's the case. So I started um, uh, writing back and forth with some prisoners, but then it just got to be too much. And I was communicating with too many of them. And so then I just shit the bed on that creative idea too. Uh, but then I, I finally had the, the idea for the podcast and I really wanted to actually do this one. I did not want to self-sabotage and not bring this project to the finish line. So I knew I needed help. So I went on um, Upwork, which is like a freelance website, and uh, I found these two gals who were creatives uh, who wrote, you know, like TV shows and short films and, you know, the type. They're down in um, L.A. doing that thing. Uh, so I was going to work with them for them to help me outline um, my episodes because I figured I, I need help if I actually want to do this thing. So I started working with them 
And then it was, I don't know, probably a month, a month and a half in that I realized that I can do this shit myself. So I stopped uh, working with them and then just did this shit on my own. But so I don't know why I needed to tell you this, that whole story um, in order for me to tell you this next part. But I'm sure some of y'all found that interesting. Um, So I spent a lot of time thinking about what I was going to share about my parents. Like how, how much detail did I want to go into? Because I did not want this to be me bashing them. You know, like I didn't want it to seem like I was throwing them under the bus. I didn't want to piss them off, you know? Um, and so I, I talked with my therapist a lot about it. And I decided that, you know, there, there was a way for me to talk about it without it coming across as me, you know, just like trash talking them or throwing them under the bus or, you know, betraying them. And when when my mom eventually found out about the podcast, she said to me, um, can you please just keep me and dad out of it? And I said, I've thought about this a lot and, you know, I am going to, talk about it, but I'm going to do it in a very loving way. I'm going to emphasize that uh, a loving family and a dysfunctional family are not mutually exclusive. I'm going to emphasize that, you know, this shit didn't start with you. Like this shit didn't start with our parents, that this is something that gets passed um, from generation to generation. And she, she was okay with me doing that. Hold on, let me have a sip of water. Doing pretty good, folks. I haven't even stopped. 20 minutes in, folks. Um, so, yeah. So, I was, you know, going to share about what happened to me as a child. However, I wasn't going to talk about anything that had really occurred within you know, like since I gotten sober, like I wasn't going to really talk about what the financial or not financial, the family dynamics were like, you know, in, in present day, uh, because the reality of the situation is that, you know, I'm the only one I was the only one I am the only one that has that's in recovery, you know, but slowly as I've gone on in this podcast, I've started to you know, allude to certain things and open, um, hold on, I'm scrolling down my notes. Um, I've been, um, alluding to certain things and talking some more about what the family dynamics are like in the present day and what they have, um, what, what they've, what they've been like. And, um, God, I mean, the fact of the matter is that it's not good, folks. You know, it's not good. And I've worked so hard these past several years uh, to figure out how to have a relationship with them that works for me. Like, how do I have a relationship with them that is not detrimental to my, um, to my peace of mind? You know, what boundaries do I need to have in place? How do I make this work? Um, But this is 
a progressive disease, whatever you want to call it. And things have just really escalated to a level that I did not foresee specifically in, um, in their treatment towards me. And I just want to say that I know deep down inside that my parents love me. Um, I know deep down inside that my parents are not bad people. I know that my parents are sick people. And I know that they want nothing more than to be the parents that I deserve to have, but that they're just not capable of that, you know? So in saying that, um, you know, there, there's no blame. However, I also need to acknowledge my pain and what I have endured and that that's not okay at the same time, even though, you know, um, I, I understand what, what's really going on here. And in many respects, I don't, you know, I don't really know how much of a choice they really do have one way or the other. Um, but I'm seeing too, and this is really hard for, for me to talk about. I'm going to be honest. I, the money stuff, right? I've told you guys that the money stuff is the stuff that I don't want to, I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about my issues with money, any of that stuff. So this is me being extremely vulnerable right now. Um, I really hope that this sounds good. <laughs> I hope when I turn this video off, the audio quality is good because I'm 24 minutes and I'm not re-recording this shit. Um, but so, you know, my parents have been extremely generous in financially supporting me. So I was fired from my day job. Uh, I guess it was probably like nine months into launching the podcast. And at that point in time, I was not bringing in enough money to, um, to, to fully support myself. And my parents have been so incredibly generous in supporting me as I grow this, um, and, and get to a point where I can support myself. Uh, now I have weighed the pros and cons of this with my therapist throughout, you know, the benefit of them helping me financially has, was that outweighed the harm, um, the harm that it, of, of the dynamics of the, the, the benefit of the money was, uh, greater than the harm of the financial entanglement or so I thought, you know, I realized that, um, I did realize, though, that this was keeping me in the scapegoat role. I did know that this was keeping me sort of in this um, this kid position. But I was really working towards becoming financially independent. Like, I want nothing more than that. But as I keep sharing, like, I really ex experienced so much resistance especially, especially when it comes to tasks that are money oriented, like it is next level, the amount of resistance that I have as it relates to taking actions that are going to make me fucking money, like it is next level. And so, you know, I don't, 
I don't know. Like, like, does this, is this what needs to happen? Like, do I need to just be fully pushed off the ledge in order to make that happen? And, um, God, that sounds so damn scary. Like it is so scary, but I'm realizing, you know, that things need to change in order for me to truly heal and grow like the, the way that things currently stand. Um, it's, it's blocking me. It's blocking me from healing and from really thriving and living the life that I deserve to live and, and being the person that I deserve to be and that I know that I'm capable of. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that's where, that's where I'm at right now. And, um, it's really hard to say all that stuff out loud. And, uh, this has just been, it has just been so hard, guys. Like, it has just been so hard. It's been so lonely. I feel like I don't have a family anymore, you know. And, um, <sighs> I, a lot of you guys had very cruel parents growing up, you know, they were horrible to you. And, um, the, the abuse and the trauma that I endured was mostly related to, you know, becoming the scapegoat, becoming, um, parentified, but I was never, I never felt consciously unloved by my parents. I never, they never called me names. They never told me I was a piece of shit. <coughs> I apologize. Um, but yeah, things have, things have now escalated to a certain level that I've not experienced before. And it is just so tragic. And as I said, again, in the episode, I don't know when it was last week, two weeks ago, whatever, uh, the, just the irony, I don't know if that's the right word, but just how much of a, a mind fuck this all is, you know, like I'm in this right now with them, but here I am talking to you guys. Like here I am talking to you guys and I wouldn't be talking to you guys if it wasn't for them. And so again, as I shared, like I know that the universe has, has chosen me to, to, to do this work and to be a voice for this cause. And I want that, like, it's such a great honor. You know, it's such a great honor. And so it's like, I want to work through this stuff so I can continue to, you know, to, to be a voice and to help others. But more so than anything, I just want to heal because I deserve it. You know, I deserve to heal and I deserve to um, you know, thrive and be an adult and be financially independent and successful and have healthy relationships in my life. Um, and, and no longer be imprisoned by these family dynamics that have been, you know, ingrained in me and woven in since like birth, you know? So that's where I'm at, folks. 
that's where I'm at. And um, I'm going to keep talking to y'all about it. And again, thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity to heal in such a public way and uh, allow me to just be so honest because, God, I don't, I'm still figuring this shit out. There's still so much work to be done. I'm not a guru. I'm just a shit show with a podcast. And um, again, I just feel so incredibly honored and grateful for this uh, opportunity to be, you know, have you hear me in your ears right now. And even more so to have this community, this shit show community supporting me on my healing journey um, like we all are. So on that note, can you damn the join shit show? Can you damn the join shit show? What are you waiting for? Yes, you, the person that's wanting to join for fucking forever. This is my online support community where I host four weekly Zoom support groups. This is where we have uh, discussion boards and chats and small groups. And it is just the place to be. Okay. This is an amazing group of people who are really, really, really committed to doing this work. And I think that that's something that's very special about this community, that it, it really is people that want to do the work, um, who also just have amazing personalities and amazing senses of humor. So damn the join shit show. We need you. We've been waiting for you. Can we just do it already? See the link in the show notes on uh, how to join next. Give me a little follow on the Insta, on the TikTok. And last but not least, give me a damn five-star rating on Apple, on Spotify. Do it now. Thanks and love you all. They say that I should damn the join shit show. They say that that's where people go to heal. They say that I'll feel seen and heard like I have never felt before. So I'm going to damn the joint right now. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I wanted to share the positives I feel ending this year. I feel really thankful for this community and all the other people in my life who have helped me figure out my way by sharing their way. It's like listening to all of your shares. It's, it's almost like every single person articulates something that I can relate to in a way I wouldn't articulate it. And it's just so helpful, every single share. And I feel like I always walk away from these meetings, learning something about myself and being comfortable with what I'm learning about myself instead of scared. Because last year I was really scared. Like I could sense that like 
I knew I had stuff I had to face. I knew I couldn't continue my life the way it was going. And I remember sitting on this very bed under covers and thinking I was about to blow my life up by exploring the things that were like coming to the surface. And I was so scared that if I looked any deeper that I was gonna break everything. Um, and that's the only way I could describe it was like, I'm gonna break everything. And now I know that like, sometimes we have to break things and those things that we break don't need to be put back together and that it's part of the process. And I don't know how else to articulate it other than like, now I'm okay with breaking things. Like, I know I have no other choice but to keep moving forward. And it's constantly a process. And like Andrea, like you were saying, like, oh, I set these goals for myself and like, none of them turned out the way I wanted them to. But if I look back, I'm like, I achieved goals I didn't even set that I didn't even know were possible and all because I feel like I was willing to break out of the way I was doing things and look a little deeper and try to learn a little bit. So I'm really grateful and feeling proud about that. And I'm, I don't know that I'm excited for the next year, but <laughs> looking back at the past year, but like, I feel positive, like I can handle it. Like I'm not going to crumble and die. And for me, that's huge. Well, a lot of reflections, you know, being the last day of the year, I've done a lot of reflecting today. And for me, the pivotal moment about around March was, it started around March was the pivotal moment of uh, not being able to procrastinate anymore. Get off my ass. I can do this. And, you know, for me, that pivotal moment was the negative self-talk has slowly and slowly been dissipating. Um, the procrastination of the projects that we've been putting off for over 10 years of a bathroom project and right now working on, you know, my fence project, building gates right now. But um, also I've I had a lot of personal growth with my own wife, Katie. And I'm able to have a lot more communications with her, communicate with her, um, and open talk, talk openly with her without, uh, feeling judgment. Cause whenever she reacts, I, I'm able to catch that, that whenever she says something that I'm reacting of, I'm able to catch that and stop it from happening. And that's, uh, that's a big pivotal moment. Um, things that I've learned this year and I'm able to begin again, no matter where, what time, when, where, however I need to fucking do anything. It's, uh, I'm, I'm able to begin again. Um, whether it's a, uh, on a project or even with a conversation with someone that's, you know, a customer or, uh, or a friend, I'm able to begin again. Um, you know, I've grown a lot in more co my confidence in everything I do in my interactions with people. Um, sometimes not so much on fast food people. They fuck up my orders too much. But uh, And uh, this community has aided me a lot. I give my whole heart, the, the, everything, you know, to this community. Um, I give it the largest credit to where I'm at today. On top of going to a therapist every week, um, 
this community started off this year and it would move to a new platform, right? And um, that spawned off multiple smaller groups and that uh, created the CSA group. And, um, and through the CSA group as being the moderator of this group, um, I've grown a lot more confidence in being able to talk about these types of things. Um, being able to hold space for myself first and then be able to hold space for those people who join us on a weekly basis every Wednesday night since like June. Um, we, we, we laugh, we cry, we support each other. And there's things there's, that are healing that's so far beyond what I could have ever imagined in my entire life. If you would have asked me five years ago, I would have never told you I would have been doing anything like this in any nature of some sort of degree of personal healing and dealing with your own shit as a 43-year-old male. This group is a, it is a big fruit basket. We come, you know, we have different fruits from different shapes, sizes, flavors, textures, everything. Some of us sweet, some of us sour. And we're all in this basket, right? on this big mighty ship called the shit show ship. And, you know, this has been able to help me with my coping skills and my daily interactions with other people. And for that, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm humbled and I'm honored to be here. Well, this was my first full year sober. So that was cool. And this time last year, I was like just starting to figure out um, I had about, I don't know, like six months over and I was just starting to realize my role in my relationships, um, just starting to recognize what codependency was. I was starting to see how I was developing unhealthy behaviors in my relationship with my kid. I've definitely shared on here how I had this deep fear that I was going to hurt my kid and so I've really, I had this distance between us um, and this year I've seen a huge change with that. I've really let that fear go. Um, sobriety has really helped with that. Um, this group has really helped with that. Um, our CSA group has helped with that. And um, I left a relationship that was emotionally abusive. I bought my own house. Um, and then I got diagnosed with cancer, which is caused by HPV, which was something I picked up as a teenager from acting out. And um, so it really forced me to kind of deal with my inner teen stuff. And um, so it's been a really, really hectic year. And I actually have another biopsy of my thyroid next two weeks from now. So I don't know if I'm cancer free or not. And like, there's a part of me that is just so tired of life that I like wouldn't necessarily mind. But I guess that's the addict part of me that just wants to escape any way, shape or form. But I'm trying to not allow myself to, to get into that place. Um, been really sad. I don't, I didn't do anything for Christmas. I didn't, I'm not doing anything for New Year's. Like 
it's not out of isolation in a way where I don't, I don't feel social. It's more like, I just want to protect my own energy. And I just don't feel like I have the right people in my life yet that I want to like spend time with. So I enjoy being alone. And I don't know, like, I definitely agree with some of the things people shared about like a professional life and what that looks like and what kind of future that's going to be like. I think right now I'm dealing with everything from the summer about being sick. Like I didn't have a chance to deal with those feelings. I felt them for sure, but there's like way more that comes with it that I was just surviving. And I think at this point, like my body's thawing out, like Andrea said, and just kind of feeling all that stuff. Cause I never really even got to have this identity of being a sick person. It was just so fast. And it was like, and, um, and then of course I minimized it and all that. Um, so I will say that I'll just wrap it up by the fact by sharing that like in the past when my son would be away, my oldest would be away, he'd never like contact me or call me. But this week that he's been away, he's called me every single day. Unannounced, he calls me. I don't ask him to. Uh, and so I just feel like really proud of myself for that. I feel feel like um I did something for us and I'm here every day for him. I'm sober. I am dependable. I feel like a really good mom. I feel like I'm not going to hurt him. Um, and that's like the biggest, biggest gift that I've been able to get. And I, I really want to thank you all for that because you helped me get there. So thank you. Reflecting on this year, I guess the one of the things that comes to mind for me is how I feel like I'm able to sort of make better sense of my inner world now. Um, and what's going on with me instead of just feeling like I'm swirling in confusion most of the time and uh, misunderstanding or misinterpreting what the hell is going on. I can actually be like, oh, you know, I'm uh, this is my addiction to drama rearing up and wanting to be seen. Oh, this is my CPTSD. I'm in a fucking emotional flashback right now. Oh, I'm uh, my inner teenager is being triggered right now because I wasn't treated fairly at this point in my life. And that has really changed this last year, especially for me being here, being with you, being with you guys, being with you, Andrea, and um, getting to know you better. And I think about like where I was at three years ago. Damn. I wasn't a safe mom. I wasn't safe in my body. You know, I didn't know, like all of us, we didn't know what we didn't know. But like, without having anywhere to turn and, and feeling that way, I mean, you do want to die. You do. You you just, you don't feel like worthy of anything. And I, I can relate a lot to to Jesse and and what she shared about um, her relationship with her son, like my little boy is just giving me, like, I'm getting all these hugs all the time, you know, like he just runs up and he's like hugging my leg and just for no reason, just no good reason. And I remember listening to a podcast about that, 
about this mom sharing a lot of her her abuse came through came up as repressed memories through through childbirth and and that was what happened to me you know i didn't know anything before i started having kids i was just blind and i was a rager and i would use men to numb out and you know feed my shitty ego and just continue in my destructive behavior patterns and then i started having kids and it was like i unearthed these boulders and i i couldn't be alone with myself and uh and i remember listening to this mom talk about her rage and and the sort of blackout experiences she'd have and then these memories that came up and that was that was what happened to me and this you know our csa group is really fucking saved saving my life kids are so amazing and i'm able to there for them and uh and i felt it today again i wanted to start some shit and it's like this it's like this churning inside of me i am so used to that chaos that i want to kind of like this mad dog that just is it's just right there and it's at it's at the end of its line you know and it's snarling and i'm just like whoa you know you're okay. You don't have to you don't have to chew the door down anymore. But like you can just breathe and I and I'm able to reel it back and get it in check and before I used to kind of like think that my anger was some kind of like my my uh like my wheelhouse, you know? It was like, oh, I've got all this uncontrollable rage, you know, don't fuck with me. Like and uh and I've learned that it's not okay and that there's reasons behind it and that I'm not just blindly mad. So I, I've just really seen that my relationships with my boys have deepened and I've softened a lot and and I can't really find anything better, you know. I do want to say I'm also this transition phase of feeling a deeper calling to use my music in a in a more of a healing therapeutic way and I don't know what that looks like and I've made some connections and I've been talking to some people some folks and um you know possibly using music for for other victims of of trauma veterans and I'm excited but I'm really scared I'm scared uh, to step out of my my uh, job contract and the insurance and all that and and I do have to say I I, I did feel like I did better this holiday you know not being with my family but I I also you know as as this my niece is still really triggering me I don't really know she was we were, we were supposed to do gift exchanges with the nieces and nephews and she just wanted money. And I get that time. I like really hurts because she's distanced herself so much from me with this pregnancy and just really gone into the family punishment. And I, I'm watching it happen. And it, it's just, it's, it, and I know it's going to get worse. I just feel like she's really had a failure to launch. Uh, she didn't want to make any decisions. 
She hasn't been able to keep a job and I need to find a way to also distance myself from that and continue to take care of myself and my family. So I'm just really grateful for you guys and all of your shares and honesty. So thank you. 2023. Amazing. Andrea, thank you. God bless you um, for being the, uh, being the captain of this ship. I mean, I don't know what I can say other than you having the courage to start this when you did. Um, uh, this has been an extraordinary year for me. I, um, you know, obviously left my job. I've been to Spain, Namibia, Botswana, South Africa. But more importantly, I think um, I would say that I've really gotten in touch with who I am. And um, and I think for many, many, many years, 40 years, I didn't know who the fuck I was. I, I, I think that the coup de grace was when you had uh, Terry Real on there. And I, so Terry Real spoke to me so much when I read his book, um, very, probably a couple of years ago when I started my recovery process and when the idea of grandiosity and stuff uh, was first kind of brought into my mind and whatever. And, and uh, I can, I can't, um, to, to be able to have a guy articulate kind of the, my um, my experience, I guess would would say, and um, I'm just very very blessed that I've taken the chance on myself to grow this year and um, to take a big huge risks and to trust fate, God whatever it may be, that it'll work out. Um, and um, I think that in the last month has been a huge growth period for me. I, I've been studying for my commercial driver's license. And I think that one of the things that was one of the greatest challenges of doing this is to be among other individuals trying to do this and to learn an environment without being lectured or chastised or brutalized emotionally and to to be in this kind of environment where you're safe to learn and i i have to tell you that from early childhood it never felt safe to learn and to have this experience and whether I not become a commercial truck driver or not is really not the fucking point. To me, it's not the point. It's to be in a safe environment to learn. And I think that to feel safe and to feel that adult child being released and, um, and to let that child go and to be here now, comfortable, in my own space, in my own body. Um, I don't, I'm grateful for the opportunity to always be able to tune in and to listen to everybody else's journey on this uh, shit show. And I think that everybody's journey has always helps me be a little bit better every day by the hour, by the minute, whatever the fuck. 
And um, all I can say is much gratitude. Andrea, thank you for fucking betting on yourself. So anyway, peace out, motherfuckers. Love you all. Hello, my fellow shit shows. So how has this community aided in my healing? So um, first of all, I think everyone here has made a commitment in investing in their healing. And there's lots of shit shows in the world, but there aren't a lot of shit shows who are willing to acknowledge that they're a shit show and are interested in changing. So when we meet, it's like we fertilize and cross-pollinate one another and um, being able to be vulnerable with each other, I think is really important and just creates a stimulus for me and I think for everyone in the group to move forward. And I joined this shit show, it was September, 2022. And over this past year, I did the yellow workbook with a group of people. And I'm really proud of uh, finishing that. And the thing I'm most proud of is being a mom and wearing my son. He graduated from college this year. So that was a pretty big moment in his life and my life. And just doing this work, my relation relationship with him has just really opened up. I don't know. I've just become more receptive and I'm so happy for that. I really love that. I've really learned how to have better boundaries with my family. Um, and I've learned not all the time, but I've learned how to be an actor and not a reactor and uh, moving in the world. That's such a a much stable and stronger and confident uh, place to be. And I don't know, I feel like as I move in the world, people are just really like friendly and open. I have all these really great interactions all the time. And that's really different for me. And I think it's because I'm here and I'm doing the work. And I just want to thank everyone here. Oh, and the other thing that I love about this group is doing the Loving Parent Guidebook, you know, just to have a time to do it regularly. It's such fascinating work. And um, the group that comes, it's just so interesting to hear everybody's story. And I love you all. And thank you, Andrea. And I'll pass. credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.